Welcome to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. This is the only podcast that gives you a raw and unfiltered perspective of what it's really like to be a professional cheerleader. Whether you're currently on a pro team, an alumni, or really curious about what it takes to become a pro cheerleader, the Pro Cheerleading Podcast gives you all the inside scoop and hot topics in the pro cheerleading industry and in-depth interviews of current and former cheerleaders. I'm your host, Makiba. Join me every Wednesday as I reveal the truth behind the palms. Welcome to the Whip My Hair episode. I have been wanting to do this episode since the beginning of time. For everybody who knows me, I'm kind of obsessed with hair. My hair, touching my hair, just dancing with my hair, like I'm all about the hair. And I finally assembled a wonderful panel of people to join me for this episode. Um, I have Mariah Lewis, she's an NFL cheerleader and she is the owner of the Pro Hair Collection. And Rosemary Asandu, she is the owner of the Rose Style Studios and a partner with the DCC. And then we have Kira Dior. She is the founder and CEO of Kira Dior Hair. This panel is amazing. And we talked about so many different things about hair care. And I'm just so, so excited. It just happened this weekend. So it's hot off the press. Just edited last night. Um, but these women are doing it. I'm just so excited about their careers that they've chosen and how they've managed it all. They're entrepreneurs. They're just doing it. And it's great that we've evolved within the industry where, you know, you can see people starting their own businesses in this department. And, you know, people are brand ambassadors and, you know, pro cheerleaders, we, we know how important it is to have your hair and your look together. And so you're going to love this episode. I'm convinced of it. I hope you guys are doing well, though. You know, we had a very, very, very sad development in in our community with the passing of Tracy Sormonti. Uh, she's the Patriots uh, cheerleaders director, and it happened on Friday, and it was really just super sad. She's only 58 years old, but she passed from a three-year battle with a multiple melioma. And, you know, just the tributes that were coming in um, from the dancers that she's coached and obviously what was up on the Patriots website. Just a really touching tribute and prayers go out to her family and everybody who's affected. I think it it hits us all. You know, you don't have to necessarily know her. I know that my director for the Seahawks had a lot of respect for her. And, you know, you put in that much time. I mean, she joined the Patriots as a cheerleader in 1983 and then cheered again from 91 to 93 and was selected as their Pro Bowl cheerleader in 93 as well. So obviously a great representative of the organization, Robert Kraft. I think he said that she was one of his first hires when he bought the team. So, you know, I think her legacy will live on with her dancers. I mean, reading a lot of the tributes, um, it sounds like she was really pushing for her dancers to have a, a life and ambitions outside of dance, which I think is really important. I didn't realize they were the one team that had that rule about no more than four years on the squad, but um, she really just wanted everybody to excel and be well-rounded. And so Again, just heartfelt condolences to her family and loved ones. And, you know, it just made me think because a couple weeks ago, you know, I talked about having an episode geared towards giving feedback to directors. And I know a couple weeks ago, I watched the documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's like called The Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. Um, and it features Debbie Allen's production that she does with kids with the Debbie Allen Dance Academies. And I was messaging back and forth with Candace, but it was just like, it was such a well-done documentary. And Debbie Allen is just an icon, a legend. And, 
you know, just that concept of giving people their flowers while they're here and just appreciating people who've contributed to our lives in different ways. And I hope that we can, with this episode that I'm hoping to do, you guys have been giving feedback all day long with the poll of the week of what feedback do you wish that you could give your director? And we can treat it as like, you know, both positive and constructive feedback that hopefully to the extent they're listening. And I do think some of them listen, you guys. I mean, I think they would only agree to be on the show if they somehow sometimes got a glimpse of what the show is about. Um, But I think we should give feedback both ways, you know, just some things that maybe they aren't aware of as dancers is how we feel things that we probably don't have the space and freedom to say, but nevertheless needs to be said. And I'll definitely add my colorful commentary throughout. It'll be like the first episode in a minute without an interview, but I'll record it just based on the feedback. And again, everything will be anonymous, but um, I'm just going to share some of the themes that have come up so far to get you guys thinking about what you want to submit so that we don't leave anything out. Okay. Uh, Let's see. I heard a lot about like the ideal cheerleader and what sometimes the directors have in their mind of who represents the squad and and it kind of leads into this idea of, you know, favoritism, like big time favoritism. That was kind of a, a common theme with everybody's comments. Um, just that, you know, you need to evolve that, what that image looks like. Um, and diversity inclusion training might not be a bad idea either. Somebody submitted something about like sponsorship ideas. I'm going to save it because it's such a bomb idea that I can't believe nobody's thought of it, especially Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. But I'll say that for the episode. One other thing that came up was the use of social media, you know, using it to promote the team, the entire team, not just, you know, some random few. I mean, we have like 30, 40 people on on the team, so it should definitely be a heavy rotation of literally everybody that's on the squad and helping us get to know the people that are on the squad. I, I just still feel like social media, maybe we should just turn it over to an expert or like a committee, like some of these teams do, having like a social media committee that really is a lot more hands-on with it and thinking outside of the box with it. Instead of just a picture, give us some deets about the people, you know? Give us some information from their bio, give people shout outs, love, let us know what their interests are, what they're up to. Um, I think that would be just a better use of social media to promote the entire team. And then let's see. I mean, I think this is a big one, but you know, these positions as director are really, really hard to come by, right? But what experience is really like required to be a director? What should be required? Should they have dance experience? Should they have management experience as a manager? That's what, in my personal opinion, what I think that's lacking sometimes. Should they you know, be able to do the choreography or what's really that resume looking like and to what extent do the teams actually do a thorough job vetting people versus what I've seen sometimes is there's like a grooming of somebody to take the place of the director and it's kind of like handpicked versus an actual competitive process. But that's a big one too. Um, The personality, you know, being too nice versus, you know, maybe not being very uh, appreciative of your team. And, you know, there's just that balance. Like, should you be strict? Should you be nice? Should you be everybody's friend? Like, how should you run your program? So love your thoughts on that. And then just how practices are run, you know, making an efficient use of people's time, helping people be prepared for practice, knowing what you'll go over you know, just trying to help people be their best so that it's a good use of everybody's time and it's not, 
you know, trying to catch people slipping, even though you should have your stuff together, you're professionals. So anyway, there's a lot there and I'd love to unpack it more. Uh, I think you guys have so many ideas, so just keep them coming and we'll do this episode. And again, just let's wrap some love in it too. And if you have, like I said, an amazing director that does a, a bunch of things right, let's put that out there in terms of like best practices so that other people can hear about it and what really works well with your team. Why is your director amazing? So let's just balance it out. I'd love to see that. And then we can even give special love to people that you want to. I'm all about love. I'm a lover, not a fighter, but you know, I think when it comes to some tough criticism, we should just talk about it. You know, truth behind the palms, we can keep it real and just say like, what's kind of right versus wrong. And I think there's certain things that you can't really like argue about, right? It's just like the right thing to do or a more objective way of doing your job. And so just feedback and um, you could forward the, <laughs> forward the podcast to your director. No, I'm kidding. You should, but nobody's going to do that, right? But we'll just hope that they listen and that they can actually appreciate some of the feedback since we don't really have the ability to give it. This is our community and I think we're all a part of it. We're all touched by everything. I think it's just good to let people know how you feel about them, if they've impacted your life, if they were really supportive through something that, you know, some tough times that you've experienced personally outside of dance. I mean, there's so many scenarios and, you know, I might even treat it like my own love letter to my my director or things that I wish I could have said, or maybe I did say, did go for well, who knows, but um, I think it's just a, a good exercise to, to think critically about anything. But that's the lawyer in me, you guys. I mean, I'll see the good, the bad, the ugly, and just kind of parse it out and then just keep an even steady pace. But communicating that, I think it just empowers you to give that feedback. All managers should get it. Everybody should go through a 360 evaluation. Like, it's not a one-way street. That's just my opinion. We'll use this as an opportunity to kind of give collective feedback. But... I'm just really, really excited for you guys. This is almost like the uh, the episode that we did about makeup, where we just talked just about philosophy of how you approach doing makeup. It's the same thing, but hair and just the way that these women actually touch the lives of their clients, giving them confidence, making them feel good about themselves, having you perform better because you're just not worried about your hair falling off. You're not worried about like not looking good and being your best. And so I think it's just a super, super fun episode. You'll hear from these beautiful women, successful women, ambitious women, and I can't wait to share it with you. Thank you guys so much. Okay, I really wanted to do this episode about hair for like forever. And was trying to think like, how can I talk about hair by myself? And I was like, no, I need to get like a panel together that would be able to just talk all things hair. I love hair. Pretty boring with my own, but I just love <laughs> all of the trends and seeing what everybody's up to. And mm -hmm. I've noticed each of you from, you know, your businesses. I, I can't explain how excited I was that you guys were interested in doing this panel and making time on a weekend. So <sighs> thank you. Thank you. Thank, uh -huh. you. thank you. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to get started. <laughs> good, good. Well, thank you guys. Today is the With My Hair episode, and I'm so excited to introduce you to this amazing panel of women that are killing the hair game right now. <sighs> you ready for this? We have Kira Dior. She's the CEO of Kira Dior Hair and Rosemary Osandu. She's the owner of Rose Style Studio and a proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. And we also have Mariah Lewis. She is an NFL cheerleader and founder of Pro Hair Collection. 
Welcome, ladies. You guys are badass. I'm just so excited to meet you. We'll start with just kind of like an introduction of your business, how you launched it, how you got started, and kind of how long you've been in business. Let's start with you, Rosemary. Yes. So um, hair was always something that was kind of underlying, like a side hustle, I would say. Something I kind of just picked up through like high school, college, when you're looking for a job, do hair and still working at the mall. It's just that kind of thing that I just kind of enjoyed. So as I was going through college, a lot of people kept telling me like, you actually take this serious. And to me, I was like, no, let me get a degree. Let me study this and finish. But even after I got a degree, I still kept like thinking about hair and thinking that maybe I can go further with it. Mm -hmm. So that's when I like skipped everything and went to cosmetology school and just kind of jump started with the hair, regardless of what was really going on in the industry, because we already know it's so saturated. So that already was like kind of discouraging. So I kind of jumped into it and everything just started like moving slowly, slowly but slowly. And this was maybe three years ago, I would say. Oh, so okay. yeah, so I've been doing hair for so long maybe over 10 years, but I didn't really take it professionally until like three years ago. And so once I changed my mindset to making it a business, that's when I really started seeing like the fruit of the labor. And yeah. so that's literally how Rosa Studios came about. Wow, that's awesome. What about you, Mariah? Yeah, so um, I have been a professional dancer since 2013. And I was always doing my hair myself. Um, I started, my very first track of hair extensions was, I remember it was sophomore year in high school. My mom put two little rows of hair extensions for my photo shoot. And I was hooked ever since. And I, I never went back. So I've, I've been wearing weave and extensions for so long. Um, and then when I started dancing professionally for a sports team, I started wearing weaves and my hair was left out, you know, and I, I was noticing, I was like, I keep damaging the top of my hair. I need to figure out another way. So that's when I started getting into wigs. And, you know, at the time I was like in college, I didn't really want to spend a lot of money. So I kind of learned how to do wigs myself. Um, and then I realized like, I need to just, I need to make a business out of this because I've been doing my hair myself. You know, I was in the locker room, sewing it down, making sure it won't fly off. And I kind of had it down to a science where people were asking me like, Mariah, like, how are you doing this? You know? Um, and it just kind of went from there. Um, I just started researching a lot of YouTube and I just trying to figure out what would work for me. Um, and I was so into the fact of like, there's so many different types of hair and a lot of people don't know the science behind the hair. And it, I found it so intriguing. And I was wondering some of the hair that I got, like why it wasn't lasting, you know, I would sweat and it would like kind of mat up. And I'm just trying to figure out like, what can I do to like prevent this from happening? So it kind of just blossomed from there into a business. Um, and I'm a new company. It's been eight months so far and I'm super excited for the growth. I mean, it's a process, but I definitely have a lot of people behind me to support me um, and I'm super passionate so yeah, that's how it came about. Wow. Kira, let's hear about your journey starting your business. Yeah. So again, I'm Kira Dior. I started doing hair when I was 11 years old and I'm 24 now. I originally started making wigs for cancer patients. Um, just a little background story. I had a client that came in 
and I specialized in wigs and weaves. But before I specialized in wigs, um, she came in and she wanted a weave and she wanted um, the, my custom Caradiol curls. So she came in, I did her sewing, I did her curls. She loved it. I mean, she left with a smile on her face. And the next day she called back and she said, hey, Kira, you know, my hair is lifting off my scalp. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't know if I braided your hair too tight. I don't know if, you know, I used the wrong product, you know, come back. Let me make sure I can fix whatever I did. You know, let me just, I need to see your scalp. Mind you, I'm 13 at this point. So I'm like, you know, whatever I could do, just come back. So she came back and I said, you know, I think we should give your hair a break. Cause I mean, literally her braids were coming off of her scalp in certain areas. She was like, I don't want to give it a break. I need something in my hair. I said, well, maybe we can do a quick weave. And a quick weave basically is, you know, gluing your hair on a cap. I had glue protectant and I did that and I styled it the same way. And I mean, she loved it. The next day she called back and said the cap was lifting off of her head. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know, you know, what's going on. Come back in. Maybe I used the wrong product. Maybe you're allergic. You know, I don't know what I did. Just come back. Mind you, I'm still 13 at this time. And so she came back and she told me that she had stage four cancer. She was going through chemo. And I mean, at that point, I didn't know what any of that was. You know, my mom and her had to explain all of that to me. And I'm like, you know, I've never made a wig before, but I could try to make you a wig and try to make something so that you can leave here satisfied. So that's just what I did. I learned, I taught myself how to make a wig. She got all through her chemotherapy. And I mean, she literally cried in my chair and told me how I, I changed her life. And I mean, it still gets me kind of emotional today just because it just showed me how us as hairstylists can change someone's life by just doing their hair, by just providing a hairstyle of, of things that, you know, that we just put on, you know? So that just really motivated me and inspired me to want to just be that hair doctor. Because at first I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. I didn't even want to do hair, but of course that was my passion. And that moment there helped me really walk in my faith, walk in my passion and just show me how we're really hair doctors. You know, we really help women feel good. Because when we look in the mirror, we look good, we feel good. And that's really a true statement. And I I just love to help women feel that way. And that's initially how I got started, but I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I sold candy all through from elementary school to high school. That's what gave me the money to invest in my business. Now I'm actually bi-coastal between LA and here, the DMV area. Um, and I've worked on multiple movie sets and TV shows, hair shoots. So that has definitely molded me into the, the entrepreneur that I am today. I run a multi-sector business of actually being a hairstylist. I sell hair and make wigs for candy patients. Um, and I'm just growing into the, the business owner and the businesswoman that I am now. And I'm excited to, you know, just to see my success grow. So I'm excited to connect with all of you ladies. You guys hear this badass panel. I'm going to try not to curse this episode, but when I get excited, <laughs> I tend to curse, but you guys are all so dope. I just, we haven't even gotten started. This is just like question number one, and I'm already just blown away by each and every one of you. So hearing about, you know, the philosophy and kind of like the passion that you guys have for hair is truly, truly inspiring. I mean, I'm not a part of the panel, but I know the reason why I'm obsessed with hair is just because of that same thing that you said, Kira, that it just makes you feel like when my hair is not right, nothing's right in the world. Like I'm right. bad attitude. <laughs> like I don't feel good. You know, it's just kind of like, it just changes your whole outlook and perspective. It allows you to express yourself and be, you know, creative and be different people if you want to. I wanted to ask you guys, like, 
if you have an approach or philosophy around doing hair or something that kind of guides you in your relationships with your clients or just how you approach your business? I would say most of the time it's kind of like what you put out into the universe is what you get. So most of the time, just like my just well-being, my energy, that kind of stuff just gravitates like certain people around me. And it's just always just like a great type of conversation. Normally, like it doesn't even feel like anything forced. So everyone just kind of just feels very comfortable most of the time. And it's almost like speaking with your girlfriend, almost how she said, like hair doctors, I almost feel like I play around with it all the time. But I tell the girls in the salon, like, I need to get my certification to be a therapist because you yeah. like speak to these people like every single day and not like I don't enjoy it. I actually really do enjoy it like they put a lot of knowledge to me but it's almost like there's the philosophy of that it's just like it's a really beautiful thing and every day it's always something new so I just literally just the energy you kind of put out there is what you're gonna get if you're positive you're gonna get that positivity and everyone's just gonna just flow with each other Hair doctor, hair therapist, I'm trying to think of... It's a real thing. It is There's a real thing. A real <laughs> thing, for sure. What about you, Mariah? Yeah, um, I would say to piggyback off of Rosemary, it's definitely so important to build relationships because um, you're not really just providing a service. You are building relationships so they can trust you because it's your hair, you know? Like, regardless if you're adding hair or whatever the case is, that's that's your baby. So um, I think it's super important to really build a relationship so they can trust you. Because I know there's, there's so many people that they're skeptical about, you know, what hairstylist or what company to choose from. And there's like, there's so many out there. It's, it's so saturated. So I think it's super important to really build that relationship gain that trust so you can you know move forward in the long run and just create a great clientele for years to come so I think it's super important yeah and Kira you're bi-coastal how are you maintaining your relationships with your clients yes yes I definitely what you ladies said were at the top of my list but I feel like um, having great customer service is something that I stand by 100% within my brand and my business because I feel like just how you all have said that the hair industry is very competitive. Everyone does hair. Everyone sells hair. It's like, what's going to make you different? What's going to make someone choose you to, to trust you as their hairstylist or the hair company that they purchase from? I feel like the customer services, which separates you from everyone. So for me, I strive to have 100% customer service because I know I'm not the best hairstylist ever, but I know that the customer loves that relationship that you build with your stylist. The customer loves the way they're being treated. If you're spending your money you want to be treated like a celebrity client so although I do celebrities on a um, consistent basis I try to treat every client that I have as a celebrity because they love to feel like that and I just feel like I have to give that 100% um, customer service that great feeling that when you walk in the door you feel like you're the chosen one you know so I go over and beyond to do that that's awesome I wanted to also bring in the concept of just transparency um, I think it's super important because I know a lot of people come to me asking about a certain type of hairstyle or certain hair. And sometimes you kind of have to be real and let them know, you know, I don't I don't think this will be good for you. Not necessarily in saying that you can, you know, you could do whatever you want. But as a recommendation, I would suggest this versus this or, you know, kind of just give them options because I, a lot of people, I think they don't 
truly know what is also best for them. So it's great to just have a second opinion as well, just build that trust um, along with the transparency of it all. Mm-hmm. Rosemary, you were looking like you wanted to jump in there too. <laughs> I completely agree because <laughs> I feel like a lot of people, especially like when they see my page, one of the biggest things they love is my coloring work. Mm-hmm. And I really took a lot of pride into learning how to color because I started noticing majority of my clients are always African-American women. But I noticed like a lack of like colors when it came to like our wigs and our extensions, you know? And it was like, I just love seeing beautiful dimensions and stuff. So people will maybe screenshot someone with like beautiful blonde hair with brown highlights. And they're like, I think I want this. And I'll be like, hold on. Everyone's undertone's a little different. Let's do this. And sometimes people be like, okay, let me just do this. And you go out about your business. But me and the transparency, it's like, it's such a big deal. It's like, no, actually, let's do a different tone because there's so many shades of blonde, so many shades of brown, black, red, like burgundy, whatever it is. So you even try to break it down and let them know, like, why you say that they kind of do start to trust like you know what she knows what she's talking about let's actually go with this mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not just always about the money it's always about let me make sure you look good when you're walking around so you can probably say rosemary did my hair or you know whoever it was so i have to jump my hands i feel you i agree <laughs> i've always been curious with hairstylists if you feel that empower to basically be that honest and upfront with someone. I mean, I would always ask my stylist, like, what if somebody comes to you with some picture that's just really not something that you actually can recreate on their head? Like, how do you balance expectations or manage them so that they're not upset when they don't have the outcome that they're looking for? And it, it sounds like it's communication and being transparent and providing options and alternatives, which helps people get to the right solution. Absolutely. Just being honest with your clients. I feel like they appreciate that as opposed to over assessing, you know, the the situation and saying you can do something when you know that it's really not possible. I think just being honest with your clients, that'll go a long way. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of expectations, let's talk about the pro cheerleading industry because, you know, as a former pro cheerleader, dancing and sweating my butt off all the time, dancing out in the rain here in Seattle, trying to look fabulous and glamorous the whole time was definitely sometimes a challenge. And I'll spare you guys my hair journey, but you know, extensions <laughs> were definitely what helped me achieve the look. But I was just kind of curious what you guys have seen or what you think about the pro cheerleading industry. What I'm seeing as a way, which I'll just put out there is just that there's just been a lot more open-mindedness, awareness about the needs of people of color when it comes to our our hair. Um, But just any thoughts that you want to share, just what your assessment is of like where we are in the pro cheerleading industry when it comes to hair. I think it's definitely evolving from back in the day. I mean, I feel like back then it was all about big hair, you know, the long, luscious, that look. And, you know, it's definitely still part of the stigma of an NFL cheerleader and just any professional sports Mm -hmm. team and dancer but I would definitely say it's evolving you know now there's guys and there's women that you know are wearing braids which is awesome and there's girls that have shorter hair that and they're rocking the natural curly look so I definitely think it's evolving I still think we need some more growth in that aspect there's always room for growth and I think we're making steps to get there Um, as the world is just evolving too and accepting more things. But 
I would say we are taking the right steps to get there. I love seeing the natural curly girls. I honestly, I wanted to wear braids. I was hesitant because I was like, I don't know if like I'm going to be put on as many promos. It's weird because they say, you know, you, they can't really judge you based off of your look, but it does have a little bit to do with your look. And even then I was just thinking my braids might just be slapping someone in the face also. So I just, I wasn't sure if that was going to work, but I definitely think overall we are, you know, evolving as as the world is evolving so like you said Mariah I do see it evolving only because um even being a part of this new thing with the DCC I've had a client who was always dancing with them but I really didn't study or like even watch the show I think I kind of watched it in college maybe here and there something to like kill time and so it is amazing now seeing the growth and like different styles. Like even when it came to meeting the girls and saying, okay, so what look is, I'll bring out like photos. Like, okay, these are all looks you've had in the past. Which one's your favorite? And like, I'll decide when they want my expertise to ask the directors what they say. And it was just awesome letting them be so open. Like, oh, you know what? I think I want to see her in curls. And I'm like, great, because I have some beautiful curls. I'm going to look great on her. Can we add highlights? And they're like all excited. So it was just crazy how majority of like some of the african-american girls were wearing textured hair because i'm so used to seeing everyone with like smooth look like what i have you know or it was just like a simple dark but even the directors are so even open to you know what let's add some curls add some highlights oh you know what i don't want her smooth let's do this and i'm like great because there's so many different textures and styles that we can wear and so to adding that, I thought that was a big evolving from my like research that I kind of looked at. And I was just so amazed and so like honored to be like, oh my God, this is great. Because I love seeing people in different looks and not everyone looking the same. And yeah. so to see everyone in so many different looks and still so comfortable because that was another thing. Like when they did their hair, they'll even reach out like, hey, Rosemary, practice was great. But I don't know what you did, but she was dancing with so much confidence. And I was like, well, I mean, if you look good, you're going to feel good. So that's probably why she was dancing great, you know? And so they're like, yeah, like the judges, everyone loved it. And just that feedback, I was like, okay, it's not just the one side. Now we're like a two-way street. So I can definitely understand what you're saying, Mariah. Definitely. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of things that can go, but little by little, I'm seeing it. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I just thought about, I was like, wait a minute, when I dance, I mean, it wasn't exactly stated that way, but you had your look. And I definitely didn't feel like I could just be switching it up every five seconds, like one minute, you know, right. I'm looking this way and next I'm showing up at an appearance looking that way. And, you know, th that level of like flexibility was just nowhere part of the program. Um, Kira, it makes me think of one of my favorite people, but Candace um, is one of your ambassadors for the Washington football team. I think I was just so amazed. Wow, she can just be one thing one day and she just wears so many different um, units from yours. But what have you observed, I guess, um, in the pro yes, team? Yes, definitely. I love Candace. Candace is my first pro cheerleader um, that I've worked with and she's one of my brand ambassadors. So I'm sure you guys see all the different units that she switches from and how comfortable and confident that yeah. she is and I definitely see the growth because when she first came to me she was actually a client of mine for a year and she would all I always would say well Candace you know have you ever thought about wearing wigs and she was like oh no I can't wear a wig 
that's not an option. You know, it, it might fly off on the field. I'm like, I promise you it's not going to fly off. I'm like, just let me try it one time. I said, it, I, I would be like, if it fly off, like I would pay you. So she was like, okay, we can just try it. So we ended up trying it. At first we started where we would actually sew it down. And I'm like, I promise you, even though it's a wig, if I sew it down, it's definitely not going to come off. So we did that and she started getting comfortable because of course, like you say, they have to have their set look for the entire season. And little do they know, I mean, it is kind of boring and we start to get bored, you know, we're in one hairstyle for the whole year. So it's like, where's the versatility? Where's the flexibility that we could just switch it up and still go back to our everyday hairstyle. So she loved the fact that I was able to provide different hairstyles where she could still have her signature look, but then also on the weekends or date night or just fun time with the family, you can switch it up to different styles. So just to see how comfortable she was and confident within herself to do that. And the fact that I was able to open the door for her. And then also the directors were open for it. They were, you know, first it was straight. And then it was the, the year after that, it was like, okay, we like you in a textured look. We want to see, you know, some wavy hair, some color. Her, her signature is definitely color. And then now she has that textured look. So I definitely see the growth by the short time that I've been associating with her being a cheerleader and actually providing hairstyles for her. So I definitely see the growth and I see it going further than where it is now and just changing the hairstyles um, and everyone being comfortable with that and not having to feel like I can't do this because I don't know if I'm going to get picked up on certain gigs or, you know, it's very important to see the growth in that so that you're comfortable because a lot of people, like you said, you'll be like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that because I may not get that opportunity that I would have gotten if I would have had straight hair. And it's horrible that we have to go through that as a community. And it has to change. You know, it's only going to change when we work together and continue doing what we're doing. could not agree more. I just, mm -hmm. I just have to say, like, the first time that I did meet Candace in person um, was at Pro Bowl. Mm -hmm. And... In Orlando, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. In Orlando. And just watching her dance, she's an amazing dancer, of course. But I was, like, so in awe of her hair. I was like, what is she wearing <laughs> that where she could just kind of... I mean, I know how I dance, and it's not like I was scared anything was going to fall off. But when I, I was shocked when I found out it was a wig. Because I'm like, how... I mean, I'm just slow when it comes to not how me. the hair miracles actually happen. But I was just like, how is she able to just move it like that and the flow of it? Because you know what it's like? I'm just thinking of all the things that I look for, the extensions, you know, if I, if I do a pirouette, I want to see how the hair moves when I do it. And when I flip from one side, like, does it look like, nobody can see the hand motions that I'm doing, but you guys know what I'm talking about, <laughs> the movability of the hair. And I would just remember being like, oh my gosh, whatever she's done to her hair, I just have to, to know. And then I started to see her posting about it, but I can totally see like the confidence building in the dancers because when you know that your hair is tight, you know that it's not going anywhere, when you have the flexibility to experiment, I mean, you just, you feel even more like superwoman. Yeah, it makes the world a difference when your hair is on yeah. point, seriously. Yes, yeah. and I was just gonna say, sometimes I'm actually in awe because now we don't sew anything down at all. And even when she's dancing, doing oh, everything, like, Thank Wait, you. Wait, how? Off at all. <laughs> you don't sew it down? Wait, no, how? Don't at all. No, we don't do that anymore. Wait, had, I, put bacon in, I put a band in the unit. I put combs in the unit. And the actual units that I constructed has an embedded elastic band in it. So I make it very tight and snug to her head. It's customized 100% just for her. And she can dance. If she picks a wig up today, right now, we don't sew anything down and she can go dance. What? Wow. 
That's amazing. That is. I'll be like, oh my god, I'm nervous. She dancing all crazy. <laughs> yeah, because me and my mom sewn down. I don't even want to go to the fair. Like I'm right. like, oh, I'm you. No, I, I have to have mine down. Yes. Unless she sew something down when she get in the car, or <laughs> but nothing is sewn down at all. So I definitely, I'm, I pat myself on the back sometimes just because I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, Candace, you make me look so good as well <laughs> because it's a wig and it's not sewn down and it hasn't fallen off. So <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Honestly, that is the beauty of wigs too. I will say because I. Also also, I used to do a lot of stuff in just like entertainment mm-hmm. as like doing background work and videos and stuff like that. Like sometimes you have to like change your hairstyles like right off the bat. Like they're going to throw something else on you or you got to do some like braid out twist or something. And you can't do that if you have a weave, you know, so mm-hmm. like it's so nice to have a wig that you can make it look like your own hair. And then if you need to just take that thing right off and <laughs> you know <laughs> do what you need to do yeah <laughs> well now I'm just like so amazed at the thought of how it all comes together because my level of hair uh, knowledge is very 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 limited and I probably should watch more YouTube videos but just whenever I thought of wig I just thought of something that would slide around and were like glue down I just don't understand all the ins and outs of how it works but you like you guys said it's a science it's something that you guys master and you know what you're doing and there's techniques and all kinds of, I'm sure products and you name it, but I'm going to ask a question. It's not on the list, but I know when it came down to like hair extensions, you know, early on people had the misperception that only black women would wear them. But I know that there were people on my team that were white, that were also putting clip-ins and different things. Do you guys also cater to white women as well, or other people that want to wear extensions? I think sometimes people think it's just a black woman thing and it's not necessarily at all. No, it is a mis like understanding because I have clients that are not African American. Like I have clients that are Caucasian, Asian, Hispanic, and they are like they are so used to so many different ways of putting extensions. Like there's eye tips, there's micro beading, like when you clip it by the beads, there's the clipping, there's the tapings. But they find sometimes those are so rough on their hair that they're like, I see y'all wearing wigs. I see y'all getting it braided down. Like, can you give me some more education on that? Maybe I'll like that. And when they come in and we're cornering their hair or slicking it back, putting a wig cap and their wigs on, it looks exactly the same. And they're just like, oh, I'm sold. Like, they don't even want to go back to, like, the beads and stuff. So it's honestly, like, extensions are just for, like, any texture. It's even people who don't even want to wear their hair on their hair is like as long as my extensions now and sometimes i'm like girls just press it out you're okay but they even want to like no i don't want to deal with my hair it's hot or putting it up so they even want to just put a wig on so i find that anyone anyone can wear a wig anyone can wear extensions there's so many different methods on how to wear extensions yes there is so many different methods i'm actually um I just got my certifications in like hand-tied beaded wefts and eye tips and tapings and all that stuff. And a lot of people are familiar with the tapings and like the eye tips and the micro beads. But there's also a method that's very similar to how like someone would do a weave with cornrows. Um, and it's called like the LA weave method, which has just started getting popular as of recently. But you basically, you're creating a braid, but because of, Um, Caucasian hair and you know Asian hair their hair is a lot finer 
you kind of create a braid with the beads um, and then you sew it in that way. And that's another alternative that is honestly great. I started doing a few dancers and they love it because I think a lot of the dancers that do have clip-ins, they're so worried that they're going to fall out when they're dancing, you know? And so this method is great because you don't have to worry about that at all. It's basically just having like a half weave, like you're braiding in like maybe three or four rows, sometimes even two rows, depending on your hair and how fine it is and all that stuff. But you can sew in two rows and it'll look like you have clip-ins, but you don't have to take them out and they'll last a few months before you have to get them redone. And it's so weird because I feel like it's either you do hair for black people or you do hair for white people. And it's nice to kind of like bridge the gap a little bit to let people know that there are options for both, especially in the dance industry, there's ways to wear hair extensions without the fear of them falling out. And there are wigs, but there's also other alternatives to, you know, gear hair as well. Those were great answers and great feedback. I definitely feel like us as the Black community, we're always labeled as, you know, the community that only wears wigs and weaves. Like other people don't wear them as well. And I feel like, you know, they actually started it. You know, they were wearing extensions and like you said, micro links and all those different extensions other than wig units where it was looked upon as if it was their natural hair because, you know, normally their hair is longer or finer than ours. And now that it's normalized, it's, you know, everybody's starting to see that we're not only the community that wears wigs and weaves and Mm -hmm. um, different types of extensions. So I love that you know, we don't have to be just a community that we only do Black people or only do white people's hair. It's that we can bridge that gap, like you said, you know, we can definitely do everything and cater to all communities. And I love that with extensions, it's not a color put on it. You know, everyone can do it as long as we make it look natural and people feel comfortable with the versatility. So I love that, you know, the growth in the world is coming to the point where we can all do that together. Yeah. See, just hair brings everybody together in my mind. Everybody has <laughs> the same mindset about their hair and, you know, just the beauty associated with it. It is your crown and it's not just for one particular race or the other. I mean, you guys have like a clientele that spans beyond pro dancers, but what's the biggest mistake that you see dancers make or your clients make in styling their own hair? Because I think a lot of people struggle with how to maintain their hair. I think there's just a perception of that we kind of screw our own hair up. Or we're dealing with the after effects once we stop dancing. So what would you guys say to that? I feel like the lack of education and lack of knowledge that the client may have, or um, just if you always do your hair, I have a lot of clients that they're like, you know, I'm a, I'm a hairstylist. So I used to be a hairstylist 20 years ago, or, you know, like they just feel as though they have all the education behind the health of their hair or with a lot of the new things, like right now, there's so many different new hairstyles that are out now that you may not have done 20 years ago, where you may not have the education that you need to do it at home. Not saying that you can't, but Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of clients lack that knowledge where they're not necessarily open to learning so that they can do at-home maintenance with still coming into the salon. So I feel like as a stylist, it's your responsibility to help your clients educate themselves because at the end of the day, they're going to do it themselves anyways, whether you like it or not. So it's like, 
instead of having to fix a, a terrible disaster, it's like, okay, let me help you educate yourself. Let me let you know the products that you can use at home. Let me let you know how you can maintain this wig. If you do choose to glue it down, these are the products that I use. This is what I make sure I'm taking it off with. So you're not just ripping your wig off or just using water when you should be using alcohol or an oil-based product to take your unit off. So I think just making sure you educate your clients and making sure the clients know that they need to be knowledgeable prior to wanting to just jump out there and do things to their hair without consulting with their stylist first. So I think just having that open line of communication is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then I definitely piggyback with uh, Kira is the education. Um, to my knowledge, something that I, I was just so new to was how hard and how much practice and hours the cheerleaders dance. Like, I'm someone who I work out, and sometimes I work out with my wig, sometimes I don't. But with them wanting to have it secure, they have to, you know, dance. And dance is basically working out. The sweating, all that stuff happens. I wasn't really understanding the amount of hours that the girls were putting in. Like, these are like 20 hours, 40 hours, you know? So it's a lot of sweat. It's a lot of um, like matting that could happen. So that education is such a big deal because sometimes they may come in and be like, Rosemary, you curled my hair. It was so great, but it's kind of matting in the back. Like, am I supposed to brush it immediately or do I let it dry and then brush it? Or, okay, well, I wear a closure piece um, to cover my natural hair so we're not putting so much heat on it. But now, because it's sweating, it's itching, and it's balding, not to replace my closure. And I'm like, okay, just replace it. Those replace it again, no worries. But, you know, the education of, okay, it's itching, let's not scratch it, let's not go so hard in it. Let's, you know, do use something a little bit lighter to reduce that itch so you're not sitting here pulling on the hair and ruining, like, the actual unit so we can continue to reuse it. So that education is, it's such a big deal because once you start telling them about that, I literally saw an improvement. Like they'll come in. I'm like, oh, we have a closure. Great. Okay. I see what you're doing now. They're like, yeah, I was thinking kids. Or like, oh my gosh, it was itching, but I actually let it like, I shampooed it with what you told me to do, put a little oil and I let myself air dry, sat under the dryer. It was great. And I'm like, perfect. That's all you need to do. And that's it. You know, even the heat thing, like, Everyone wants to look good at every game. And sometimes they're curling their hair maybe at the highest level. And I'm like, nothing more than 300. But then they're like, shoot, close to 500. I want the curls to stay. So I'm like, my hair back and forth. I don't want it to fall. You know, but sometimes so much heat over and over, regardless if it's extensions or your natural hair, it can be damaging, you know? So just letting them know, like, okay, this is the proper way to use it. Make sure there's no products in the hair before you use it, you know, use this spray instead of this spray to hold it. So just even like the terminology or just like the advice and the tips that it goes such a long way. It makes both of our lives easier. I guess. Yeah, definitely, Rosemary. I feel like my biggest mistake when I first started dancing was I was putting heat in my hair all the time. Like after practice, before practice, you know, like it was ridiculous. And it got to the point where I like my own hair was damaged so much. So I feel like maybe I feel like people should take in consideration how much we have to have our hair looking great. And so the times that we don't need to have our hair looking great, just give it a break and just mm -hmm. chill and relax. Because I don't think a lot of people know. Well, I know for me, we have to look good at rehearsals too. 
So like we have to have our hair done at rehearsals. So even that plus promos, plus games, it's a lot. So the times that I don't have to do anything, I'm not putting makeup on. I'm not touching my hair. Like I'm just relaxing. And I think um, that can go a long way. And as well as the heat, you know, Rosemary, like she said, as less heat as possible is always great. Well, that's definitely a myth. I, you know, it's always the highest setting for heat, you know, whatever you think that's going to be equal straighter, curlier, whatever it might be. But um, I'm still kind of guilty of that just because I, I don't know. <laughs> Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> learning I got notes that I'm taking from this episode no but I think to your point just the amount of sweat I mean I think that even when I was wearing a weave that just felt like what was killing my hair at least driving me the most crazy was just all the the sweat you know from practicing and just feeling like oh my gosh am I washing my hair too frequently because I mean that sweat kind of really needs to in my mind wash off like just when it sits on your hair it almost feels like it's just tearing it up you guys can let me know if I'm wrong about that but but, you know, all of those things that you feel like, oh, gosh, I used to tell my stylist all the time, like, when I stop dancing, I just don't want to be bald headed. Like, can I just still have some <laughs> somewhere? Um, she would always tell me, like, no, you're going to be fine. But there's just so many things that you worry about. I mean, if you have protective styles, maybe not as much, but you're just still wanting to make sure you're not doing something that can damage your hair that you're paying a lot of good money for or just doing damage to your own natural hair as well. So let me ask you guys what hair care trends, because there are so many right now, it's just proliferated to something crazy. I feel like there's so many different options, but what are you guys like really into at the moment or things that you see that you're just like, oh my God, can you just not, that's not a good look at all. What do you guys think about the current status of hair trends? I love that there are so many different hair trends. Like you say, right now is just a great time to be able to hop into whichever boat that you're comfortable with going even if it's something from back in the day something that just came about I feel like right now is the time where you can literally be a freestylist to choose what you want your you know your niche to be so for me I'm specializing in wigs of course everyone is getting lace fronts full lace units um, everyone is into lace more than any time but now so for me when I have different shoots I love to step back into like the 80s and the 90s and pull different hair looks from there because in my day-to-day basis I'm doing what's trendy you know I'm doing the trendy styles so I love to pull those styles that nobody is doing right now or only for those shoots and try to still correlate them into my clients slowly but just trying to get people to step out the box so I love to to kind of do a 360 when I can um, mm-hmm. and just and try to curate some new looks that are not as trendy but still things that probably will come back around in the circle because really things repeat themselves and trends repeat themselves as well. So eventually we'll probably be wearing the styles that our parents and grandparents and other generations were wearing before us soon to come. So I love to kind of recycle those hairstyles and do them over, but also still staying trendy as well. I love the half up, half down, like the half pony look that you have. I love that. Just to shake it up and do something different. I mean, and it looks so natural and fun. And I like that one. Yes. And that was a wig unit I had when I did that. And I did it on Candace as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's just a cute, fun style, like you said, that you can just throw on, not have to do as much maintenance. And um, it's super cute and trendy. Yeah. Um, I've always been a less is more type stylist. I just always love just like, the natural look of everything. Not saying like if it's even into textures because I specialize in like wigs and extensions. But one thing I'm really loving is the half up, half down 
and crimp. And like those beach waves, like the straight ends. I just think those are just so like, they're just so beautiful to me and they're so much fun. And I was actually really excited when crimps came back because I've always had a crimper, but no one's really crimping their hair. But now everyone's doing it with like a ponytail. They're doing it with their hair down, with the half up, half downs. Like they're taking it to different limits to the point where it actually looks really good. Like it looks great. So I hope that stays. The beach wave, I hope that stays. Especially when it comes to like on set stuff, like the really creative baby hair. Like I'm not a baby hair girl. Like I'm really not. I really admire people who can really hit baby hair, especially with lace. Um, because I'm less is more. Oh, to me. Same. But baby hair. I love baby hair. I'm I'm with Rosemary. I'm I'm so basic. I'm so basic. <laughs> like I'm so basic. And that's what like my clients when they see they, the girls come in and they're just like so simple. But there's another girl at the salon I'm at and I'll be like, girl, this baby hair. Like it's just so like it just looks so good, especially like on set when they have like their ponytails and it's so dramatic. That kind of stuff, I think that they should kind of keep it, especially for stuff like that. Especially if you can make even baby hair look so natural. Let's mm-hmm. keep that because I think they should keep it for the hairstylists. I feel like the people that try to, you know, do it themselves, like me, I think we should just, you know, <laughs> let the hairstylist do that on set. Anything that you're feeling, Mariah? Um, I think it's the easiest for me. I'm like Rosemary, less more. So the less work I have to do, the easier it is for me. I do love the baby hair look on certain people. I don't think it looks good on everyone, to be honest. Um, I think it's also just depends on like how it's styled. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm super simple. Like uh, I think from my business, I'm all about just making it look as natural as possible. So if you can just have a nice little part maybe a few baby hairs nothing too crazy a nice closure wig leave the edges out and like we're good to go like I'm just super simple (laughs) (laughs) well let's see I did come up with a uh drop it like it's hot which is like the lightning round that I do at the end of each interview um a hair version so if you guys are down for it we'll do We'll do that where you guys can have like a, a quick shot at answering the person that comes to mind. You guys want to play? Yeah. Oh gosh, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I'm really bad at keeping it a quick lightning round pace. So do the question. I thought you were going to have us dance and I'm like, I can't dance now. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the question. <laughs> okay. Well, I feel like Kira, you almost answered this, but you can add on to that if you want to. But uh, if you didn't do hair, what would you want to do for your career? You said anesthesiologist, correct? Yes, I wanted to be an anesthesiologist. And then I also wanted to be a track star. Like I wanted to run track. Um, Okay. Totally not a workout type. What event did you do in track? I don't know. It was just one day. I think we were just, we were just. (laughs) Doing the warm up, and they wanted us to run around my high school four times as the warm up, and I said, "Yeah, no, (laughs) (laughs) too much." And it was a big school. (laughs) No, Um, but I think in today's age, if I had to do something else, I feel like I would be really big in real estate. I'm really big in investments right now, so I do a lot of stocks. Um, I do a lot of investments, so I feel like if I had to choose something else right now today. I feel like I would be a really big time investor, 
Good answer. What about you, Rosemary? Well, when I was in college, I was majoring to be a nurse because I wanted to be a CRNA. I knew I was not going to be an anesthesiologist because the schooling was just wild. But I said, okay, they have nurses. Okay, great. But (laughs) when um, I left that and I still graduated with business and marketing management, I knew I wanted to do something in business, but I wasn't sure um, exactly what I want to do. But if I wasn't doing hair at all, I would be an event planner. I love to plan stuff like world trips. My friends like, Rosemary, what's the Google Doc? Like I have everything listed out by price, lights, where we're staying, color coordination. Like <laughs> I love planning. It's actually fun. So when I would go to like birthdays or weddings, I'm like, dang, if I wasn't doing hair, I'd probably be an event planner or a wedding planner or something around those lines of work for sure. Okay. And what about you, Mariah? Um, it's funny because we kind of talked about the whole hair therapy type thing, but I actually would consider, you know, being a therapist because um, I actually got my degree in human services with the concentration in mental health. So I feel like, I don't know, especially this day and age and what we're going through with the pandemic right now, it's kind of like hitting home for me a little bit. So um, I don't know. I'm the type of person that loves doing multiple things at once. So like I am a dancer. Yes, I also have a hair business. I would love to go back to school and be a therapist and kind of just, you know, talking to my clients in the chair while I'm, you know, doing hair and stuff. I feel like that'd be kind of cool. Cool. All right. What do your clients do? That's your biggest pet peeve. Noodle necks. What's that? What? I call them noodle necks. When they can't keep their head straight when they're blow drying or their their head falls down on their phone. (laughs) And I'm like, you're, you're messing up my lower back. Like, just sit like this, hold your phone up, and we're perfect. But I call them new neck. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Because you guys are stylists, and I think I learned this, you know, having conversations with my stylist, just the back issues, you know, uh-huh. that from being on your feet all day. And I can only imagine if you have somebody with a noodle neck that's not helping out in that department at all. Uh, terrible. Earlier this year... I was getting into more education on the stuff that we need as hairstylists because we work for ourselves. We have to go find our own health insurance, our own dental, our own eye vision. And someone brought to my attention, like, you need to put insurance on your hands and feet. And I was like, what? Insurance? She's like, yeah, you need to put insurance on it. So I was like, you're right, because we do so much, like, standing or back arch and just, it's a lot. Our hands are up like this. So if we're to hurt ourselves, we can't perform. So those little like motions, that's the same. It goes a long way. Very good point. Yeah. I would probably just say like tardiness. (laughs) I feel like is just a huge downplay. Just when you're like, you know, on a schedule and that person is in traffic. I get it. It's LA. But, you know. I feel like that's like the biggest pet peeve for me, at least. And I'm, I'm kind of a hypocrite because I'm not going to say I'm on time all the time either. But um, <laughs> it definitely affects like your work day when it's that one client who comes in late that ends up throwing up the whole entire day. The whole, the whole schedule's off. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. What about you, Kira? What's your pet peeve? Um, For me is... Now, I love answering all my questions from clients. I love answering all 100 of them. But when clients just doubt you, sometimes, like, you might have that one client. Like, all your clients, they trust you. You got that one client that just 
ask a million and one questions. They they, they want to grab the comb and part. They want to get the scissors and cut. They want to do this and do that. And then at the end, when you're like, you know, just let me go ahead and do it, then, then they love it. I'm like, if you would have just let me do it from the beginning, we wouldn't even have to, you know? So I think that client that really wants to do everything in the chair and it's like, you came to me for a reason, you know, let me do my job. <laughs> um, so having that client once in a blue moon is kind of like a pet peeve for me, mm-hmm. along with the tardiness and what you said as well, Rosemary. <laughs> the noodle neck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't even do it. I'm back. I feel like my back is hurting. Like, come on, bring it back. Yeah. It's so funny. This came up on the um, episode that we did about makeup too, where it's just like, you know, from being on different photo shoots and whatnot, and you see how at least pro dancers would behave on set when they're, I mean, always nice and polite, but still sometimes I'd be like, oh my God, I'd be so annoyed if I was doing her makeup or if I was doing her hair because, you know, they're just messing. It's like, let the expert do their job and that would drive me crazy. Okay, next question. What celebrity hairstyle is your favorite or your favorite celebrity that rocks a lot of looks that you that you like? I love all of Sierra's looks. I think it might be just because she's a dancer. Sometimes I'm like, is that a wig? Is that her hair? Like, it just looks so natural, especially in the videos. Like, what was it? I think Ride, like back in the day, her hair was so laid. And I think from then on, I was like, I love her hair. Like, anything she does, I just I just love it. The color, like everything. Okay. That's just like me. <laughs> what about you, Rosemary? Well, you took that out of my mouth, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I got excited. Like, there's two people who came to mind when it came to celebrity hair. And it was Sierra. She's one for sure. And I would say Kim Kardashian. Only because I'm such a fan of long, like her back in the day when she had long, full, dark hair, or when she had sleek black hair, her bobs when she has blonde, just a brunette, like, and it's wigs. Like, mm-hmm. she takes that. She takes that when it comes to her, her stylist, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, they they know how to transform her hair. And it's very, it's simple, but she can get creative with it, too. So I would definitely say Kim Kardashian. Okay. What about you, Kira? I have so many, but I feel like I would choose Nicki Minaj. I think Nicki Minaj hair is so like fun. She can do a lot of different things. Um, of course, depending upon the stylist who makes it the most natural, but I think now her hair has been looking really nice and natural. Arrogant Tay has been doing it, and I really love all the different styles and how fun they can just get with just switching everything up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that answer from everybody. You even like Sierra's blue hair lately? Or whatever her last little look was? Oh, I, I really love the older looks, but I love okay. Sierra in general, so I can't, I can't knock it. <laughs> <laughs> you can <do> no wrong. <laughs> okay. For each of you, and I'm sure you probably do your own hair, but what was your worst hair experience in getting your hair done or doing it yourself? <laughs> Epic fail. I think. I think my worst experience was... I was in college and lace closers just came into like effect. I was still doing leave outs, but I wasn't getting relaxers. So I think I went to Miami spring break and I had a leave out with Brazilian straight hair. And you know, Miami, if you ever been to Miami, it rains for like 30 seconds and stop. 
and it runs for like maybe another 40 seconds, maybe two minutes and then stop. And my hair literally just poofed up and it was just like a poodle with like straight hair. And I thought I like looked so cute. I was always doing hair, the girl's hair all looks great. That day, that weekend, it was just such a mess. I came home and I was like, this lace closure thing going on, let me figure it out. I think I just bought one online, started cornrowing my hair, put it on, and it still didn't look good. Like it looks such a mess to the point where I was like, I have to just relax my hair. And I was going like maybe eight months straight, maybe almost maybe nine with no relaxer. Like I was literally with a box like, okay, we're just gonna have to relax our hair and keep it moving. Everyone's like, Rosie, you're going so strong. I was like, mm -mm, I can't do this anymore. So I literally have to start all over with the natural process. And that was even frustrating just because I couldn't get it to lay. It was just such a hideous look. Now everyone, if they have leave out, they can press it real well and it looks like great. But if you don't know the products, you don't know what you're doing and the rain comes, oh, it's just a mess. It doesn't even have to be the rain. I feel like the humidity in Miami. My first time down, I had the thing. Like I had the press and you couldn't tell me nothing. Step out, airport. All the airport doors did was open and it was just this, like this oven door of heat and moisture. And by the time I looked in the mirror when I got to the hotel, I was just like, what happened? I had no idea. Like I couldn't tell that it was swelling into this major league. After. It was so bad. It didn't even rain and it was it looked oh like I I just remembered um this is when I started finding out about wigs and weaves when I first started dancing professionally um, for a sports team and I remember I remember I had a track falling out and I remember we were at a game and I had a track falling out and I was like trying to sew it in but I didn't have enough time and I remember I went on the court we did our performance and did like some like hand movement where we had to put our hand back to the back of our head and my track literally fell out like while I was dancing and I remember I had to just like hold it I had to have a fist the whole entire time and just keep it in my hand luckily it was like towards the end of the dance but I remember I had to have my hand in a fist the whole entire time and I just had to like play it off play it off <laughs> I think I blocked that out of my memory for a minute because I forgot. I completely forgot about that. But <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that's like worst nightmare is any hair catastrophes where you can't play it off. I mean, if it flies across the floor, that's one thing. You know, what I, mean? like, oh I feel for you. What about you, Kira? Um, I haven't had any bad hair experience because I've done my hair myself um, as well. I would say like when I was a kid, when like my mom was doing my hair, because she couldn't do hair at all. And I think that's half of the reason why I was like, you know what, let me try to do my hair myself. I'm <laughs> school looking crazy. <laughs> so ever since my mother had her hands in my head, well, when she stopped having her hands in my head, I think everything started to get a little better and I didn't have to experience anything bad anymore. Um, I'm such a perfectionist. So anything before I actually wear it or try it, I like, tried a million times so I've been blessed to not have any like hair catastrophes I'll say good that is good especially if you can do your own hair because I don't know if I were a stylist I would think that I, the last thing I'd want to do is my own hair but I guess if you know what you're doing you might as well do it yourself it you definitely know. gets to the point sometime where it's like dang I made everybody else look good and 
I'm looking crazy. I don't, now I don't even have time to do my hair or I have to be late to the event because now I have to do my hair and I just took over the amount of clients I said I was going to do or maybe someone was late because they were in traffic. Now, that was the time that was for me, you know? So <laughs> I think the best part about now, you know, you can have a wig ready on standby just to throw on. But yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. I got to try to get into this wig game. Y'all making me want to... <laughs> You'll never go back, I promise. You'll be addicted. Oh my gosh, it's been addicted. So addicted. Clients got collections like it's handbags. It's crazy. Seriously, seriously. Yeah. I had one client that has like thirty six weeks in mind. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, okay, no need to spend any more money. I don't even want to take any more of your money. Yeah, like, it gets really <laughs> like, girl, girl. You got two of the same ones. I know they're not denim jeans, but come on. Like, <laughs> Like, like they're talking yeah. wear, wear and tear. I don't even want your money. Like, it's okay. We're good with the first seven. Like, yeah. it's literally, it's addicting. The collector's <laughs> items. For sure. That's A lot of my clients are changing their extra room into their wig room. Like, it's crazy. People's husbands <laughs> hate me. They're like, can you keep your wig on? Can you keep some hair on at night? And I'm like, that's a whole nother conversation because the husbands are like, enough is enough. <laughs> Ooh, what products would you guys not recommend? I would say anything that has to do with gel, like heavy, like sticky gel or like heavy oil products when it comes to extensions. I think a lot of people like to use this kind of stuff to lay their hair, but there's alternatives. And it really either dries the hair out or it just makes it so like gunky or heavy. Like I like flawless hair that move. And so some people will put like something so heavy and it's like stringy and it's so even hard to rinse it out even with hot water like it just it just doesn't come out instead of you putting something heavy like that you can use like you know a little styling wax or you can use like a foam but it's not like spritz or it's not like something heavy you know I don't know if that makes sense but no, that's I think good. that's the biggest thing yeah or when people in extensions they use natural hair products on their extensions I'm like no no, no. Don't go in your sink and grab what you use on your natural hair because it's two different textures. It really goes down to the texture. It's not even like by the race. It's the textures because you're using text stuff that's great for your natural hair and it's coils or it needs heavy products or it needs moisture. And you're dealing with something that's like so lightweight. It's just a bad comment. It's like oil and water. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, I'll say... I'll say using products in moderation, it goes back to just making sure you educate and make sure your clients are knowledgeable because I feel like some products we can use and it will be perfect. And then if the client uses it, like you say, they might use too much or they'll put that natural hair product on their regular hair. Because for me, like I still use a lot of product. I still use certain gels for curly hair. I still use mousse as well, but it's in moderation. Like I still use spritz on some things. Like if I'm hot combing a full lace unit to make it really have that that look of it being um, like that hump in the front that everybody goes for, or if it's for an avant-garde hairstyle um, and you really want that volume in there, I may still use that product, but in moderation. So I feel like just not being knowledgeable on the product and if your clients feel like they have to use a lot of product, then just educating them. Because um, I don't even really recommend my clients to use a lot of product at home. And if I do, I might tell them exactly which ones because they just 
get out of control. Slow down. Yeah. Go to yeah. Probably guilty of using too much product when I do use product. Uh, you always think more, more, more. I don't know. Yeah, more. I think less is more definitely. Especially when it comes to extensions and all that stuff. And also, I think people should be knowledgeable about what type of hair they're actually getting. Because there are certain type of hair extensions that you need more product than the other. So I think it just goes back to just education and being knowledgeable about what hair you're actually putting on your other hair. <laughs> okay, last question. What do you enjoy the most about your profession? For me, I love that the sky's the limit with being in the beauty industry. You literally can do everything. Um, and anything you put your mind to. So I feel like I'm definitely getting in the space of just trying everything out, of course, at a young age and being in a space that you can do that. And it's not far-fetched or, or outside of the industry you're in. It's literally so many different things you can do in the beauty industry. So I love that about my, my brand, my craft, and even just the industry that I chose to, to build my career in. Yeah. I would definitely say um, I love receiving the client's reactions I think that's the best part because I think just as humans we're all kind of hard on ourselves and we sometimes don't know how well we're doing and we're kind of just basing it off of you know ourselves so it's nice to get that customer feedback and to know that okay like I'm doing something I'm doing something right you know and it's just really crazy because hair really does change your whole entire look so I know there's so many women out there that are afraid to wear extensions or that have wanted to try it but were afraid they weren't going to look good you know and once they finally try it and realize like oh wow like this is changing the whole game like I have one of uh, my clients she had short hair her whole entire life like never wore extensions she wears them now she's a professional dancer in the industry and she looks so much and she's so confident and I'm sure it's not even from her hair it's just from her confidence mm -hmm. and so it just warms my heart to see people that are just so happy and like excited about extensions and it just changes their whole mood. So I love receiving that feedback for sure. Those are great responses. Those, it honestly, those kind of just make your day or your week, honestly. Um, I guess for me, I would say just how broad the industry is, but it doesn't matter how wide it is, there's always a lane for you especially when you kind of just figure out what you're so good at and you actually enjoy it. Like I really do enjoy making wigs and I enjoy coloring wigs and putting it on clients and seeing their reaction and knowing that I can turn it up and do this or like go a different avenue with that and just still stick to my craft and not try to do something outside of that. So even goes to what she was saying about the sky's the limit. Like once you just, I just love knowing that I can do what I'm doing and I can reach so many different mountains doing it and still enjoy it. Like I was literally speaking to a friend this morning and she's a cosmetologist as well. And she was just so confused on like, you're in an industry and you try to prioritize certain things, but you don't want to end up hating what you do. And I'm like saying, like, I enjoy doing what I'm doing, but I always try to just, keep the same tone and the passion and the and the love all that together and that even goes with the clients that come like they even make it even a better addition to it that every day you're actually like oh, i'm not going to work but ooh, i can't wait to go work i already finished this wig last night i can't wait to put it on her and it's gonna look great so uh that i say that would be for me okay 
Well, you guys, I really appreciate you guys making my hair episode come to life. I didn't even know if I could pull this off. Definitely, like I said, not talking about myself and my hair, but just appreciate your expertise and your time and the gift that you guys have that you're sharing with everybody. Obviously, you're touching people, you're helping build instill confidence in people. And it makes a huge difference, especially if you're a performer. So I just appreciate your time and thank you guys for participating in this with my hair episode any last thoughts that you want to share I just want to say thank you for even thinking of me thinking of having us here this was a great episode I can't wait to see it all come together and actually see it air I just want to reintroduce myself again I'm Kira Dior on Instagram I'm Kira Dior hair I look forward to following all of you ladies and possibly connecting in the near future yeah Here's the plug moment. So go ahead and plug your business. Thank you, Makiba, for this opportunity. Definitely. This is actually my first podcast. So uh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, <laughs> my business is called Pro Hair Collection. It is for anyone that wants to really know about what hair is best for them, knowledge about what is the best hair. And I do sell wigs. I do sell bundles. I also do hair specializing in micro beaded wefts and tied wefts and all that stuff. So my Instagram handle is Pro Hair Collection. You can also follow me on my personal page, Mariah Lewis, I think with two underscores. If you just want to, you know, ask me questions, even about dancing and my pro dance history. And I've been doing pro dance since 2013. So I do have a lot of knowledge. As far as auditioning, I know audition season is coming around too. So if you guys have any questions about that, what your hair, what you think your hair should be, or just a look in general, I think I can shed some uh, expertise on that as well so awesome and last but not least rosemary yeah so um uh, cuba thank you so much for even setting this up when i got your email i was like hmm, this is this is new i haven't really seen this and when i went on your page two of the dancers were already following you i'm like oh okay let me check this out so it's actually um awesome to bring like light to even this topic and to so many other topics that you probably even shared based on your experience. So it's even awesome to connect with other people in the industry. Like I'm so big on seeing other men or women who are in my industry doing their thing because there's so many different ways you can do everything. And there's so many people that like everyone's clientele is so different, but they still get like the overall experience, you know? So even with me, like obviously I'm the owner of Rose Style Studio. I specialize in extensions, color, wigs, all that stuff here in Dallas, Texas. Um, we also ship to women all over the nation, maybe around the ship to maybe in the UK, but I'm getting a lot of inquiries on people in London who want some wigs. And I'm just like, I don't know about that yet, but I'm really open to it to touch some other heads over there. So my Instagram is Rose Style Studio. So if you just type that in, you, you'll see everything that correlates to me in the salon, online, and stuff like that. Awesome. I'm super excited about you guys all meeting one another. And again, just everybody learning more about your business and being able to follow you and, and reach out with questions and just get that look that you want. I mean, there's no limit on what you can achieve in that department. And I will say when I went to Paris, and I had a really good stylist back you know, when I was dancing, but internationally, it's, it's a different 
situation over there, I'll just say. I was in London and Paris on that trip, and I was stopped multiple times about my hair. So to the extent y'all can take it international, definitely do it, because I think uh, my friend that lives abroad, she's in Turkey right now. But same thing, you're struggling to find what you're looking for. So I would encourage you guys to go big and go hard and just keep doing what you're doing. You guys are amazing. And thank you so much again. Seriously. If you guys have any questions for me, definitely hit me up. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, no, it's for the panelists. I want to know, it's so random, but how many wigs do you personally own? Ooh, that's a question. So asked me, and she thought I was going to throw out like a ridiculous number. And I was like, actually embarrassed. Like, oh my God, I don't even know. And I'm so curious because y'all wear like wigs and y'all's wigs look so beautiful. So you mean ones that are like fully functioning or ones that like need some repair? Because <laughs> that's a different number. <laughs> No, all together, all together. I would probably say I have probably like six, nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, for me, I never can keep a wig to myself because I literally have clients and people coming to me like, "Oh no, I want to buy that wig on your head." I'm like, the one on. He is booked. On my head. <laughs> like, but I'm doing it. They're like, no. I mean, you can clean it. I want that one. So I have so many different wigs. I literally could show you guys just a peek of just all these. Oh, wow. It's just wigs everywhere. So literally I can get up and choose whatever I want in the morning. And I'm, I probably have like my signature is like a jet black. I love just doing that every day. So I have like one that's like a wig I've had for like eight years and I just do different stuff with it but in terms of all the different looks I just grab something off the shelf and I probably can't keep it longer than a week before somebody is like oh let me buy that one and I'm like okay <laughs> honestly I was talking to my mom I feel like they need to have like a Netflix documentary or series on hair and wigs and stuff because I know they started with like I know Chris Rock had one like back in the day but I feel like they need to have an updated Netflix yeah. series on For something sure. i don't know because I, I feel like people really don't know like the fact that kira you just showed us all those those wigs that's incredible like that is so cool to me yes no i fully i would watch like i know there's probably stuff on youtube but i'm fascinated by hair I, I pretty much like i said don't know a whole lot but just hearing how it all comes together how much time i mean when i see the i'm probably going to describe it so terrible but the when you're plucking stuff out of the lace <laughs> I don't know whatever you're doing Plucking something that. but everything looks so time consuming so I'm kind of like how much time does it take to like make a freaking wig to me it just seems like you'd be devoting so much of your own time as entrepreneurs trying to you know what I mean like how are you balancing the time that it takes to create what you do with just having a life between doing hair making hair I mean it sounds like a lot it do is. you have people working for you to make these wigs too or you just do, are you literally doing everything yourselves Oh, I have a full team. I literally cannot do it on my own. I now have built a team of 10. I have a full marketing team. I have assistants, I have virtual assistants. I have like, I couldn't do it on my own. So now it has gotten to the point where I can really manage a lot of things, but I'm still hands-on every day. So it's very helpful because no, I am the team and I could not do it without them. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank yeah, you. That's awesome. That just added an assistant because I'm someone where I'm like, 
I feel like I can do everything. Like I like everything done like a certain way. And then like our brand, That's like we yeah. are are walking billboard. So the way you want that, putting that trust into someone is so big that mm-hmm. it like for me to even get an assistant, she's like a lifesaver. And now I'm able to like being other things because if you're doing so much, your work starts becoming poor because you can't even juggle everything like the marketing and all the stuff that you're just saying. So that's awesome that you have a whole team. By God's grace, here I need to start adding someone to help me make the wigs because that alone, making it, and then being in the salon like full time with my clients, and then you have the backstory of like your marketing, your advertising, your promote. Like it's just, it's so much. Yeah, that's me right now. I'm literally doing everything on my own. Like, posting you know email marketing all that stuff and I'm I'm learning as I go but I'm aspiring to get to where you guys are for sure like you guys are really you guys are really inspirational so one advice I would tell you is when you get to the point where you really need help just just find help like for a long time I felt like I just needed help and um I was still like no I could do it I could do it but then you start like seeing yourself go down even like you may get feedback from customers like oh this is not here or this and that and the customer is always right and they're always going to be like hey where's this where's that and you're human like people forget yeah. like are human like what she said like we have this business but we're still at home trying to cook dinner walk our dog and talk to our family like it's just a lot going on so if you really do feel like you need help start looking even the smallest way, like even if it's not a physical person, go to like, um, I think it's Upwork. They have like virtual assistants and stuff that you can find someone in the Philippines, someone who's in the States, someone in London, and someone who's in like South America, South Africa, and just have them do like your social media or have them do like just your communication, like emails and stuff like that. Because the more that help that you get, now you can put your focus on picking and making sure your product is great because that's like out the window and then you can start generating even more and seeing more income and stuff for sure. Great advice. I would love to chime in real quick. I was just going to say, I hear you say how you're up like 24 seven making wigs. When I did not have any help, I was so overwhelmed. It'll be times where I have to get 50 wigs out in a week and I'm literally up around the clock 24 hours a day. Getting up to do hair at 4 a.m., getting done at 9 p.m., and then from 9 p.m. to 2 a.m., I'm making wigs. And it's like day after day after day where that's 24-7. So it got to the point where literally last year, my new year goal was how to delegate tasks and be okay with that because we are all, as entrepreneurs, we're all so stuck in our ways to say, you know what, don't worry about it. I can do it myself. And it's like, I had to say, okay, let me back up and take that out of my vocabulary. Because once I took that out of my vocabulary, I was able to grow past what I could ever imagine because you can't grow with having to do everything on your own. You can't grow. Once it gets to that point, you can't grow with having such a high demand. And then it's like, you can't focus on making sure your product is the best that it is. If you have to worry about making everything, then you got to worry about talking to everybody, doing everything. So Upwork is a great app for virtual assistants. And I also have a full marketing team. They are great. They are a complete lifesaver. I don't know what I would do without them. Um, but definitely sourcing a great team is, is the first start. Of course, once you get to that point, because I was at a point where I was like, okay, I'm not ready for that yet because it is 
a full budget that you have to have allotted for your team. It's very expensive, but in the long run, when you start to put together your system for your business, the money will come. Like you can't even focus on the money. You got to focus on your craft and your system. So I think that's very important Everything that I've done. And I'm starting to reap the benefits of everything that I've done. That's awesome. Look at this whole that's little panel connection. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I picked you all because you really stood out just in terms of your approach, very personable in the way that you presented yourself with your brand. And again, just, I just think it's so impressive what you all are doing and super proud that you're black women holding it down and just I think it's great to share the information and knowledge with each other so I'm really excited to even hear that thanks for staying on a little extra and just sharing information with each other hope we all can stay connected yes definitely thank you Thanks so much for listening to the Pro Cheerleading Podcast. You can follow your favorite podcast on social media at Pro Cheerleading Podcast on Instagram, at Pro Cheer Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, on YouTube, and you can support your favorite podcast on Patreon. Until next time, keep your eyes on the sidelines.